Hi, welcome to the Fitness Spartans podcast. Start over. <laughs> Never mind. Mini Cow Show, episode five. <laughs> welcome to the Fitness Spartans podcast. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand for that. ASMR is a sin. <laughs> and if you disagree, leave. It does nothing for me. It makes me very uncomfortable. Really? Yes. I find it rather soothing. Well, I think there's something wrong with you. You know what is, like, really relaxes me? Mm-hmm. In, like, Shavasana at the end of a yoga class here, um, and sometimes, like, the yoga teacher walks around, the creaky noise of the floor in a silent room. It relaxes me, I don't know. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, yeah. It doesn't make me uncomfortable, but I don't know if relaxing is the word I would use. Yeah, I don't know what it is. High-pitched noises. Yeah. You make and so many high-pitched noises. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name's Sarah. I am Dallas. And so we're I. your source for all things Fit Spartan. I am on your I know nothing. <laughs> That's true. Please sign up for my class for lifelong health and wellness with in Spain. In Spain. The yeah. due date is March first. Read the the brilliant description we have on our social media <laughs> made exclusively by Sarah Joseph. Yep, I did it myself at Spartan underscore rec. My words, my design. <laughs> Nobody else's. Nobody even helps. Nope. Uh, Not a single other individual. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give you your plug, but in Spanish. <laughs> okay, please. Um, Sarah va a conducir una programa um, en el extranjero en España. Si desea visitar, por favor, inscríbase en la descripción anotado abajo. There you go. You got some Spanish speakers on your trip now. Wonderful. <laughs> I will need that because I can't speak Spanish, so. And you don't have to speak Spanish to go either. So if you don't speak Spanish, but you still want to go to Spain, you can still come for to learn about health. In Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no. The teachers there and the things that we go to do will be in English. We're going to make paella. Oh. I'm so excited to make real paella. In the big old pan. Big old pan. Yes. I would love to go just to perfect my Spaniard accent. I would love their accent. Andres, you're kind of racist. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I've been told that mine mirrors theirs most whenever I speak Spanish because it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a traditional Mexican Mexican accent because I don't hang out with Mexicans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, bolstering my aforementioned point. <laughs> Just kidding. There's very little Latino population at USC Upstate. When I inscribed, it was six percent. Inscribed. Now, yeah. Is that how you say? It? Enrolled. Enrolled. Mm-hmm. Enrolled. Six um, percent. It's now like at, I think eight percent was the latest. Sometimes people think I'm Latino. I mean, that's fair-ish. Yeah. We get brown hair, yeah. I did make that assumption as well. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't Italian. See color. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. 
Yesterday, Van said I looked like a Guido. Because I was wearing an Italian <laughs> shirt. And my hair's all dark now. And what is an Italian shirt, exactly? Um, so, I actually got it in Italy when I was 14 or 15. I forget. I think I was 14, about to turn 15. Mm-hmm. And it was a youth size large. And then it shrunk. But now it's the perfect crop top. Hey. Anyway, <laughs> so it's blue. Like a vibrant blue like that. And My shoes is what she's referring to. It has an embroidered little Italian flag, but it's not shaped like a flag. And then it says Italia on it in gold. Or no, white letters, but there's gold around the little flag part. So that's an Italian shirt. A shirt that says Italy. <laughs> gotcha. From Italy. From Italy. Authentic. At least you have that going for you. At least it's literally. Real Italy. Yeah. yeah. It's literally Italian. Yeah. All right, what are we talking about? Oh, so today we are going to be talking about how to choose a gym. Don't. How to choose um, at-home equipment that would best help you. Um, Second, no, that's not second. Third would be how to choose a personal trainer or why you should get one or if you should even get one. And then fourth would be how to avoid not falling for IG fake fitness gurus. I don't know how else to describe it besides they look good, but it's they have nothing. They have they nothing, nothing. Yeah. in yeah. their brain. <laughs> so, the first one for finding a gym, for me personally, in Spartanburg, South Carolina, it's been terribly difficult to find one. You know we're literally at a gym right now. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I keep... I, um, this is my uh, Ostensibly. I cannot confess to what I've done either. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, well, what have you done not here but at another gym? At another gym, uh, the treadmills can't keep up with my speed. Oh. So they, like, once that, they- <laughs> that to me seems like such an odd problem for you to have to be able to outrun the treadmill. No, but seriously, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, top speed uh, said gym is 9.1, and then once it hits it, it, like, shuts down or, like, slows you back down at 2 miles per hour. How are you running for um, that? Andre's I, just trashing our gym <laughs> to the public. Wait, it's not our gym. It's another it, it's gym another that gym isn't this one. That is not this one. Um, I run at 9.5 miles per hour. But like how long? I do it for 30 seconds Nine miles. intervals. Of, I do 30 seconds, 9.5. Slow back down to 2.5. Then back up to 9.5. And I do that for 15 minutes. So, theoretically, between six to seven minutes, I run. That's very reasonable. I think, also, you could not drop it down that low on your recovery intervals, and that might make it slightly easier. The The point stands. Yeah, no, that's still reasonable, for sure. Well, the, I mean, the point stands, though, that uh, the treadmill needs to be better. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. And I found a nice one at Anytime Fitness, mm-hmm. where, like, it's the... Uh, you know, the one that looks like a floor mat, essentially. I don't know how else to describe it. The, the self-powered ones? Yes. Like the ones where you uh, have to like, actually Is it a run? Woodway? There's different brands, yeah. but Woodway is one where it's like plank looking. Ooh. No, kind of. Uh, Do you press know. buttons to make it go? Yes. So it moves on its own? Yes. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
I do know that Anytime Fitness has my ideal treadmill, which is a free motion incline trainer. It has at the back of it sort of like a platform, and then it has the regular treadmill part with the runners on the sides. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but there's no front, right? You mean you're, like, there's nothing, I yeah. understand. Yeah. I don't know if there is off the top of my head, yeah. but I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, you can't accidentally step on the plastic part. Which is annoying. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So yes. annoying. Because, like, my stride goes longer whenever I pick up speed. Mm-hmm. And should. Or I have to, like, increase my stepping speed, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of times I hit the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your frequency. Um... Yeah, so I think the point that you're trying to make is, does the gym have the equipment that you want for the type of workout you're trying to do? Yeah. And for your instance, it is cardio, you want a treadmill that you can run faster than nine miles per hour. So to answer our initial question, we just said it, but not actually saying it, the, the, what's the, the fundamental question is, what is your goal? Mm-hmm. That should yeah. that will influence your gym selection. Yeah. For Andres, he wants a nice treadmill, something that he that will is capable of sustaining his work capacity on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And where you'll find that in Spartanburg, that's a great question. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. You probably have to find somewhere that's like more specialized. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more expensive, certainly, because uh, treadmills that like that are just expensive. Mm-hmm. Ones that I think are the best for that are ones where it's literally just like a a belt and you're the one powering it it's self-powered i think those are probably for interval training yeah or like um the one that we were talking about before it's just you literally press one or two buttons if you wanted to change your speed and your incline and it automatically goes there rather than having to spend a lot of time toggling up to the speed that you want because at that point it's a safety issue if you're doing sprints like that yeah so you can immediately come back down by pressing just one other button. That's the type of treadmill that they have at Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange Theory and other specialty type gyms, those I think we should talk about because they're not general gyms, but mm-hmm. they're toward very specific goals mm-hmm. usually. Mm-hmm. And Orange Theory, I would say, from my experience there, was more on the cardio side because the whole idea of Orange Theory and why it's called Orange Theory is that they base the workout on heart rate zones. And if you're in the orange or the red zone, that's that's that high intensity training to where after the workout, your metabolism is gonna be elevated for longer. So they're trying to get you to tap into all of the heart rate zones, but to spend, to be able to push yourself to get up to that intensity of training. Mm-hmm. And if you are very unconditioned, you might find you shoot straight up to those zones without even trying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would take some practice to kind of get your arch correct there. But um, I wouldn't do that more than one or two times a week. I feel like you would be really hard on your body to do that, like, multiple times a week. Yeah. Just because getting... I mean, not that that kind of work is bad, but that no. work is just super intense. And I, being a numbers-motivated person and, like, liking to see where my heart rate is, I think that's really fun. But at the same time, I can also just get myself a heart rate monitor and do it on my own yeah, without exactly. the price tag of Orange Theory. Exactly. If you were going to go, they have various packages, but I remember the least expensive package was 
um, $15 one, one class per week. So four classes per month. Mm-hmm. Which, so that seems, that's, that's reasonable. That's for $15 a month or $15 a class? $15 a class. So that's what, $60 a month? Yeah. That's... Okay. I mean, that's right, but that but can't be your only workout at that, <laughs> at that juncture. Yeah, exactly. And probably if you're in college, that's too expensive, and you're only working out one time per week. Yeah, that's not really ideal. Mm-mm. That's sort of... So if you've got the money and you want to diversify, so to speak, exactly. by all the means, go to Orange Theory. Yep. Great time. Good yep. equipment. Although I think... Cardio, you, though. I think you could go to Orange Theory one time and learn their methods and then just take those and do them at an actual gym which what is like okay so in my position I do go to other regular gyms and specialty gyms for the purpose of like seeing what is popular in the moment and bringing it back to upstate and that is exactly why I was there um, because hopefully we'll get some plans together in the future and be able to implement a similar class format mm-hmm. yeah I think that'd be good that's what improved my Zoom I received a legal notice I can't call it Zumba <laughs> yeah I saw I saw I got it one too yeah um From my where? Latin cardio class <laughs> <laughs> uh huh um for my Latin cardio class I attended uh a Zumba class elsewhere mm-hmm. and a kick boxing class as well by mm-hmm. accident. I just happened to be there and I was like, oh, let me try it out. Mm-hmm. So I started incorporating their moves to make my class more intense. Mm-hmm. And it's him helping my students. Mm-hmm. They, feel, they feel it and then they're dripped in sweat. Mm-hmm. Dealing with just like basic um, alterations to movements. So it's called bear climbing mm-hmm. but vertically. So, like, yeah. by bear climbing, you mean the position? Like, yeah. Like, whenever you're, like, on all fours on the ground. But your knees are elevated. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, doing it vertically. So, instead yeah. of on the ground, you're just doing this with mm-hmm. dumbbells. So, that way you get resistance as well. Mm-hmm. And that's been proven to make my... Yeah, because your, your heart is having to pump the blood up, which makes your heart rate go up. I think we tapped into another point. Two other points. One, the cost of the gym. Yeah. Ours is free for all students mm-hmm, as a part mm-hmm. of your tuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And does it have the classes that you want if you do want to go to classes? Because if it doesn't, then you could tell us and we can provide. Right. <laughs> right. This is very true. This is the whole point. Mm-hmm. So really, there's no reason not to come here. Other than our weight room is small, but just don't come at 5 o'clock, and that's typically not an issue. Yeah. Uh, I often prefer to work out here than other gyms, even if they do have more equipment. And let me tell you why. Um, tell us. I'll tell you. First of all, because I do sort of like manage it, there is an element of, I know when this stuff has last been cleaned, so I know stuff is clean, yes. mm-hmm. which is important, because yes. usually when I go other places, I'd be wiping stuff down before I use it, yeah. but I don't really do that here because I know it's generally 
people do a good job and there's somebody in there all the time cleaning mm-hmm. um also our weights are back in the correct places normally at other gyms i'm like digging through 45s to get to the 10s mm-hmm. i hate spending half my workout looking for the weights that i want mm-hmm. here you don't have to deal with that mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. um also if you go into a gym and their 45s are on the bottom wrong right. they're wrong and that's don't wrong. go there <laughs> which that's going to be most other gyms yes. so here our 45s are basically at chest height, so you're not breaking your back to re-rack the 45-pound plates every time. Yep. Um, and sure, I will admit our machines aren't my favorite, but better bodies were built with less than what we have here. Mm-hmm. So I'll use the free weights, dumbbells, barbells, to get in my main lifts and then for accessories you can be creative with those free weights and we also have bands we've got sliders we've got the exercise balls you can create challenge without increasing weight by decreasing stability and that's good stuff for accessory movements so i like our gym for that reason and i like that it's small because then you're not like spending all your time walking all over the place and if you don't know what to do again that's what we're here for yeah other places you might be like oh i don't know who to ask or these people look grumpy um granted that that may not sure (laughs) sure. may not not be the case with us yeah well we might look grumpy but if you talk to us we'll be nice yeah and also majority of our staff is also a trainer not a trainer i mean like an instructor or related like they have knowledge mm-hmm. of what and well, if they, they know don't where to send people they know where to send people yeah. yeah they know to give people my number and then if i get referred a bunch of students and maybe i can't reach out to all of them i'll have dallas or one of the other interns or trainers reach out to them yep that's what we're here for yeah. Uh, so we got price on our side. We got cleanliness on our side. We literally organization only don't have space. That is our space. one negative. Yeah. I say we take out the basketball court. <laughs> uh, I away agree. There. <laughs> I agree. I think no we just comment. get rid of everything upstairs. <laughs> I think everything upstairs is useless. <laughs> I have one pitch. We transformed the basketball court into our weight room because I feel like we have so much like room. We would need us. People do actually play basketball, by the way. This yeah. Very true. Well, we have two, though. We could just have one. We have the basketball courts outside. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's actually. Uh, I love the idea, but it can be annoying to have a weight room with too much light because sometimes like let's say you know certain times of the day you're trying to face the wall and do your squats but the sun is shining in your eyeballs it's like no no bueno yeah yeah that was a problem here over the summer like yeah that's why there's those janky posters up in the yeah 
in the windows exactly. because if you're here in the morning, the sun is directly in the directly spot, in right? your eyeballs. Yeah. And it does make it hot too, too when the sun yeah. comes in through the windows. Yep. So in a in a certain respect, it's nice to have the weight room in a basement. I think that's the ideal aesthetic for a proper weight room. It should be like not grungy, but like. And I don't mind some light, but maybe like little windows up yeah. top or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think the basement vibe is the correct gym vibe. Because all, like, the really prominent powerlifting gyms and stuff like that, they're all in basements. Or in, or like, warehouses. garages. Yeah, warehouses so. without windows. Yeah. So too much light, bad. What I don't like is I do, I believe in some good airflow. Yeah, for sure. Definitely need that. Um... Which some of those like grungier gyms, they're like, no AC, we're hardcore. But I'm like, no, we need AC <laughs> because AC allows us to push harder, and if we push harder, then we get more results. So it also prevents mold from mold our humid bodies. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Heat that's stroke. what I most about the idea Be prior to becoming uh, more active. I hated the thought of sweat. Oh, I love sweat. <laughs> a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people are with you on that one. Which is so weird. You live in South Carolina, It's first an uncomfortable feeling, and they don't know what's up. You're just like, your body's just working. Sometimes yeah. you're sweating, and you don't even know. Yeah, like right now. Because it's, it, what's it called, uh, imperceptible, or? Yeah, imperceptible perspiration. Exactly. Something. So, most of the time you're sweating, you don't even realize it. That's why you'd be stanking. And that's why you need to hydrate, even when you don't know about your yep. sweat. Yep, 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 yep. Water is important. Yeah, but I think sweating is the best part of working out. The only thing I don't but like about sweating... But it shouldn't be the goal. Tell the people. Yeah, so, you know, sweating may seem like a benchmark of, like, oh, if I start sweating, that means I'm, like, doing a good. But sweating is just... Like, the only thing that correlates to directly is your body temperature increasing. Mm -hmm. And your body is just attempting to reduce that. So, short of that, sweating doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're burning fat. It doesn't, it's not, it's not necessarily even an indicator of how hard you're working. No, because actually, the more fit you are, the quicker you are to start sweating. Because unless your body. Unless you're me. Unless you're you. And then you just don't. Because your body is already used to the fact that, okay, we're doing exercise. We're doing so, like, let's just start this cooling process already. So, honestly, the faster you sweat, the better, because it just means you're in better shape. Mm -hmm. But short of that, like, sweating doesn't mean anything. You can get a really, really good workout in and not sweat a whole crazy amount. If you're wearing really thick clothes you're gonna sweat more yeah exactly if you're doing like maximal effort squats not that if you're a, a, a novice lifter you shouldn't be doing that but <laughs> you'd be doing maximal effort squats and like a full body suit and yeah you're gonna be sweating a lot which brings us to the fact that you should not wear sweatsuits yeah weight loss in that capacity is a necessary evil because weight classes exist in certain sports right but but short of that you should not do it unless your explicit goal is training your your uh sweaties your uh what's it called your uh your temperature <laughs> regulatory system if you're explicitly trying to train your ability to withstand heat right then do that 
But it's not. But that's probably not what most of our listeners are doing. Short of that, you're just, like, dehydrating yourself, which is cool, I guess. (laughs) And with that, too, you can, if you do do this and you do it regularly and your Mm -hmm. diet is not sufficient, then you can uh, enter a state of hyponatremia, which will kill you. Basically what that is. Sorry, go ahead. So, basically, hyponatremia is just because you're sweating and you're drinking water does not mean that you're doing the right thing to rehydrate necessarily, because if you're losing a bunch of sweat and you're not replacing any of those electron, electrons, electrolytes, then you're just diluting the small amount that you have left. So basically your cells, like, they explode, essentially. So drink salt water occasionally if you don't already have a very high salt intake for your diet, which most people do. But eat more fries. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it it's like this may be more common than you would expect because if you're trying to make like a lifestyle change, you're like, okay, I'm gonna eat healthy and I cut out all these foods, and then you don't account for, okay, well this was giving me my daily amount of sodium I needed, and then you start working out a bunch and you drink a bunch of water and you don't replace that sodium, then like this can happen a lot more easily than you may expect. And with good intentions the whole way. Mm-hmm. So just make sure you're keeping an eye on that. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask if uh, if they should go to a CrossFit gym. Um, you should go to a CrossFit gym if you want to do CrossFit and probably hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen anymore. Okay, well, I'll tell her explicitly not to listen to this one. Okay. Yeah, CrossFit know. is fine. I think it's trying to do too many things at once. It's good for cardio. It's fine for resistance training. But to get the CrossFit physique, like, what's the, the CrossFit dude? Uh, Froning. Froning. The, like, super successful guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, him, one, he's probably just a genetic freak. Uh, and two, that takes, like, a very long time to get to that point. So, I would say if you're trying to get that aesthetic, then don't do CrossFit. (laughs) Well, that's a good point because those people, oh yeah, there's um, Frazier, Ronan, there's Tia Claire Toomey. Anyway, I like to watch CrossFit. I don't. But I don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't want to watch it or do it because I'm just waiting for them to destroy themselves. And I really don't want to see that. Anyway, they do, like, a fraction of their training for the CrossFit Games Mm -hmm. is CrossFit. They have a separate coach for cardiovascular endurance, separate coach for gymnastics, for powerlifting, for Olympic weightlifting. They need to fire some of those coaches. (laughs) And then, well, no, I mean, it's just when they're doing those workouts, they are dedicated towards that type of training. And then, on occasion, they do an actual CrossFit workout. Yeah. CrossFit, to me, how I've always perceived it, or how I perceive it now, because of this comparison I'm going to make, is CrossFit was, like, the progenitor of things like uh, Orange Theory. It's like, Orange Theory is just a derivative of CrossFit. Orange Theory is middle-aged, privileged people CrossFit. Exactly. (laughs) 
But CrossFit is expensive. CrossFit is very expensive. Mm. That's Students one thing. get it for 50 bucks a month, though. Really? Over here at CrossFit Spartanburg, I think. Yeah, that's the one thing that I would say about that, is that it, unless you really, really want to do CrossFit, there are better ways to get in shape. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, that too. Which I think Andres needs to hear. Yeah. Yes, Andres. Because Don't he doesn't be like to warm up. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I've been of that mind for a long time until recently when I started noticing, like, oh, if I warm up, then I'm stronger than if I don't warm up. Hmm. I struggle with, like, what to do for a warm up. Like, if you're going to run, yeah. the best way to warm up is to walk. And not walk just how you would normally walk. It's walking with the intention of walking. So you want to make sure your mechanics of walking are perfect. That's what you should focus on. And to look up just biomechanics of walking, if you don't know how to do that, and just see what should my gait look like. How should I, I should be feeling everything in my body evenly. And if you're not, then focus on that while you're warming up. And I promise you, I promise you, if you start like picking that pace up just a touch, you'll get nice little sweat going and you'll be nice and warm before you run that actually brings up another good point for me because you need to have a gym that has a good warm-up space mm -hmm. here we have the group fitness studios which are sufficient so there's plenty of space in there to work on your mobility and on like stability exercises if you want to do those before your main lift mm -hmm. Um, or whatever your main part of your exercise is going to be. And one thing I noticed at Orange Theory, there, there was a cardio warm-up, um, but there was no mobility warm-up. Mm -hmm. And before the class, everybody just sits out in the lobby. Like, there's no place for you to, if you wanted to go there early and get warmed up, there mm -hmm. was no place for you to do that, really. And... Again, like at Ten Star, there's that little turf area, mm -hmm. but it feels gross, and I don't really want to be on the floor there. Oh right, yeah. Because yeah. it's there's not really any way of cleaning that, mm -hmm. so I feel nasty. Um, and yeah, do they have foam rollers? I mean, obviously, you can and should have your own foam roller, but if you forget it or if you don't feel like bringing it to the gym. And they should have foam rollers there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, warm up space is important. So, so all that to say, there's a lot that goes into picking the right gym. But predominantly, you should be thinking about what do I want to get out of this gym. I segued into our next topic. Did you notice? You can and should have your own foam roller. At home. At home. <laughs> I said so. Gotcha. Yeah, so honestly, I don't like working out at home. I don't recommend a home gym. This is just me personally because I have one and I just don't like using it. For me, going to the gym is part of going to the gym. Yeah, like the process of. State. Yeah, exactly. Like the drive. It's like going there. to the library to study. Yeah, exactly. It's like I could do it at my house, but like. I don't wanna. Like, I wanna do stuff at my house that I do at my house. You're do stuff distracted by all the other things that you could be doing at home. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And also that sense of community whenever you're yeah. in the photo. Yeah. 
yeah, like the pressure from just even having other people around, even if you aren't going to be working out with them, just like having them physically be there. It's like, oh, well, they're working out, so I guess I better work out too. Which is really hard for me when you guys, you guys being the students, aren't here at all during the summer, and I'm just working out completely alone. Uh, it's so hard. It's like this is my home gym. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's not to say that, like, because Brian Shaw, he's four, four times World Strongest Man. Mm -hmm. He made his own home gym, but it's slightly different in that it's like a, in a building outside of his house. Mm -hmm. So, like, he goes to that building. Like, granted, it's still his home Property. gym, mm -hmm. but it's like an actual separate yeah. location. So, like, that kind of thing, if you're going to go all out, then I would recommend that. But just, like, having random dumbbells and stuff in your apartment or house mm -hmm. I don't recommend that because again what we're saying like you're gonna get distracted by the things that you do at your house anyway mm -hmm. like I don't think those are positive stimuli for like working out personally. but if you are or if you're traveling I think that we can give some actual recommendations of good equipment like bell rope because, like, I was thinking throwing. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I had a really spiky one. Mm-hmm. Like this? Yes. Uh -huh. But spikier. Like, it was an actual, like, pyramid. Like... Okay. Four triangles going together. Oh, okay. I got on it, and it hurt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I wanted one, because, like, my back. Because, mm -hmm. like, oh... How strong was it? Oh, I feel like it was, like... E-big. I'm really... Like... Bad. 30 inches? Yeah. 30 inches on the shovel. Yeah. Because, like, uh, I've been trying to do recovery more, but I don't know how. Slash, what would be. Okay, well. Come to foam rolling class with me. True, that. Yeah. Also, the largest part of recovery mm -hmm. is the thing you spend the most time ostensibly doing, mm -hmm. and that is what? Napping. Yes. Sleeping. <laughs> sleep is where most of your recovery is coming from. The things you do in addition to sleep are good, but you shouldn't do them to supplant sleep because you can't. Sleep is where I most of your I don't think anybody is foam rolling instead of sleeping. But I'm saying if you aren't getting sleep, it's not replacing that time no, 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 you didn't no. sleep. I understand, actually. Yeah. I think, um, I think when most people say recovery, though, they're referring to, uh, like, stretching and mobility work. Which is true, right? But I think if you want to... But it's not going to make... So I think people have the false assumption that foam rolling is going to make you recover faster. Yeah. No. That's it, no. <laughs> mm, no. Because usually the pain you experience, like the soreness, is due to uh, micro tears in the muscle. I mean, there's a bunch of other theories of what it could be. That's what it seems to be. And you just got to let that heal. And the best time to get that healed up is during sleep. But foam rolling is important to make the fascia that surrounds the muscle stay nice and pliable, prevent injuries, make sure your mobility stays where it needs to be in order to do movement properly. I like I exist in a constant uh, chronic low pain. So mm -hmm. foam rolling helps with the pain. With the pain. <laughs> I don't think people understand that. I don't think they know that about me. 
What? That I live with pain every day. That's kind of tragic. Yeah. Um. Would resistance bands also be another form to increase mobility slash stretch? Yeah. Uh, I have a fear that I'm gonna break a resistance band. You're not, unless it's like Get the frayed. Unless it's frayed or dry rotted, rotted, mm-hmm. rotten, then it's yeah. Not rubber doesn't break. last forever. Yeah. Like if it looks, if you pull it and it looks like it's fraying, you can see then the cracks. Don't it. Mm-hmm. But if it's not and it's like a good. Um, non chalky looking color, then it's fine. But you could get like the <clears> big, <throat> the big round ones that people use for extra resistance on barbells and things, and use that instead of one with handles where the handles theoretically could come off, or even the smaller ones that people put around their ankles, because you can still do a lot of the same stuff with the big round loopy ones. But that would definitely be a good investment. I have a jump rope at home, but I don't really use that. And I have a dip station. Oh no, I sold it because I never used it. <laughs> you could do dips or back exercises on it and I just never used it. Again, because I just go to the gym. I have a pull-up bar. That's fun. I mean, just to stretch out your lats as you're walking through the door. I use it more to stretch them out than to actually do pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally I will hang my yoga swing from that, but it's obviously not the most sturdy thing. So if I hang my yoga swing from that instead of say the squat rack or something else that's definitely not gonna cause me to fall on my head I just stretch I don't do exercises with the yoga swing on that mm-hmm. whereas here I would do like TRX exercises with the yoga swing yeah so home gym uh, sliders yeah if you have carpet sliders which you or you get the sliders like we've got here that work on the hardwood that's true but again, just come here and use our sliders, and then you don't have to. Yeah. So definitely work out when you travel. Don't skip it. I would say if you're if you are doing that, that's a good opportunity to try a new sort of exercise program just for that t- that short time. Mm-hmm. So just doing like body weight stuff, so that requires minimal equipment and it's still difficult. I think that's what I would advise the most, but I do recommend just going to a gym normally and using a home gym or home gym solutions in the niche situations where you need them. What was our final topic of the day? Personal trainers. Um, uh, okay. I overpay for mine. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it goes. Right? <laughs> uh, depends. There's... Obviously, some really good ones that cost a lot. Mm-hmm. How I, much did you pay? I paid three hundred a month for four sessions. So what does that break down to per session? Uh, oh. Ninety something. Oh, dude, you could have been training with me for that amount. That's <laughs> seventy-five. And the sessions were only thirty minutes. Long. What? Yeah, LA Fitness. I'm putting you on blast. Yeah, when I five. when I was a trainer at uh, Lifetime Fitness, which is a very expensive gym, mm-hmm. the trainers are tiered, though they don't actually enforce. So theoretically, if you have a master's degree like me, I would be like a level five trainer where it's $90 a session. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't have all that, it would be $60 a session. Mm-hmm. But they don't regulate who charges what. So if you're a really charismatic 
muscly looking guy all the girls want to train with you even though you just have the basic basic personal training certification you can still charge that $90 level 5 trainer because at the end of the day their goal lifetime fitness's goal is to make money off of the personal training so they don't regulate that so uh, and not once when I was a trainer not once did anybody ask me what my education or certifications were. Oh, I asked, and uh, I got a trainer in training to become a master trainer. And I was like, is this the best route to go? But he was and you the, were like, here, take my money. This here, is fine. He was like the only one that was uh, up at 5 a.m. And like, I was like, I'm going to push myself to wake up early. But bad decision. I threw away my first two, three months because I couldn't. You threw away nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you see, down there I was making it, so it was like. But retroactively, I would not have. That's why when I saw the virtual training that we offer here, that's mm-hmm. hundred a month for like ten sessions. No, eight sessions, seven. Um. So it depends. Mm-hmm. I have a flyer somewhere, but it's um. So if you just bought one session on its own. Mm-hmm. And you just wanted to come one time, it's $20. Mm-hmm. And then it goes one session, three sessions, six, and then 10. And 10 is 160. So each se- session is, was it 16? Yeah, mm-hmm. math. Take off the zero. Take the pad. 20 sessions? <laughs> See, and that's, people are like, oh, I don't want to spend money on personal training if you just came once a week theoretically that's 10 weeks of training $16 a week you waste $16 on you know your Starbucks your Celsius for the week just give up your Celsius this is an investment in my health (laughs) Mm. or the degeneration of your health you see I don't have a heartbeat so (laughs) that's true so anyway how do you how do you choose a trainer well you have to meet with them first. If they're cute, I choose them. Yeah, I think that's, that's the like. I think that's a legitimate thing, yeah. in that people don't really pick a trainer for how good they are. They pick a trainer for what they look like. Yeah. And sometimes gyms like you won't meet the trainer in advance. They'll just assign you somebody, yeah. mm-hmm. but you don't know if the if you're gonna feel awkward with that person. You have to make sure your personalities go together and they get you, mm-hmm. just like a therapist or something. My trainer was super socially awkward, but he was ripped. Like, yeah, well, it's like anyone can get ripped, yeah. which is the annoying thing about trainers and also Instagram influencers, mm-hmm. which we can talk about, mm-hmm. is that just because you're in good shape doesn't mean you can train people. Or you appear to be in good shape. Yeah, just because oh, yeah. you appear to be in good shape. Like, that dude could have just been juiced out of his mind. And, like, yeah, you look great, but you are dying, one, and you don't know anything. So, um, okay, here it is. You want me to read it? Sure. Um, so, Dr. Pat Davidson posted this on his Instagram, and I um, added it to my story because it... Oh, this is a different one. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> here it is. The fitness field, or the field of fitness is plagued by those with the combo of great genetics, energy, and charisma and zero knowledge or competency regarding training science, 
possessing enormous influence over the fitness slash wellness zeitgeist of the masses. So we see these guys or girls scantily clad saying that they know your problem, saying that you've got these hormone problems or this is what you need to do uh, to finally get in shape. But do you really know that they know what they're talking about? And there's a lot of people on social media and YouTube that originally are popular for something else, mm. popular for their looks, and then people ask them about their training mm -hmm. and just listen to them because of how they look. But that doesn't mean you're gonna get the results that they got from their training. And they're prob like, you know, plastic surgery, face tune, you don't know. Mm. So it sets these unrealistic expectations, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my problem with trainers, is it's hard to find a good trainer without, like, significant input on your end. Yeah. Like, you have to do so much of the footwork to find someone that's both competent and, like, uh, compatible with you. That it's just, like, to me, it just seems like too much work, and you could probably just find information on your own on the internet for free and just use that, which I think a lot of people are doing. I think a lot of people are doing that, but at the same time, even those that do don't always get the full picture. Well, that's and the is to fully educate everyone on everything yeah. you need to know, it's impossible. It's impossible. And that's why they, the trainers exist. That, that's why the trainers yeah, exist, yeah. because theoretically you're hiring this person to do that for you and have your best interest in mind. But they don't. Hardly ever. It depends. Yeah. That's my problem with trainers, is that they take advantage of people's ignorance mm -hmm. and sell them the dream. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I know all this stuff. I know way more than you. Mm -hmm. I read this stupid textbook. I know way more than you. I know what they you want. They didn't read a textbook necessarily. Yeah, exactly. They maybe read a textbook. And then they're like, oh, I know, like, you feel this way about yourself. Like, I know how to fix that. Like, just pay me a bunch of money and I'll do it for you. Your trainer, this is, here's a good thing too. Your trainer should be able to explain why they're having you do every single exercise. They should be able to explain why they're recommending every single rep range, every single rest period. If they can't explain that to you in a way other than just, oh, just do this because I say, then that's probably a bad news bears trainer. Yeah, they're probably terrible. But I, I mean, I don't want to be so pessimistic and say that every trainer I mean, to a certain extent, I almost think that some of those trainers think they want to help people, but they, again, are overconfident in their experience and their ability and their knowledge. And, yeah, so they're a little bit overconfident, and they may have the person's best intentions in mind, but not really actually the truly ability. understand. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Which is why I think the, the threshold for becoming a personal trainer is, like, comically and like dangerously low you just have to have you just have to pass the test and like to and pass there's that test, various tests there's some really really dumb tests that are yeah. super easy open note 
Yeah. And then there's more rigorous ones. But yeah. you wouldn't know that if you're just a regular person and say, exactly. oh, they have a certification. Yeah. It's like, what does but that even mean? Yeah. What does your certification even mean? I almost wish that, well, in a in an ideal society... I wouldn't be here. I wait. <laughs> in an ideal society, there would be... Uh, assistance for preventative health care mm-hmm. and a trainer could be a part of that and the trainer would be salaried instead of incentivized by commission mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like a lot of trainers are just salesmen oh yeah they're just trying to make a, they're just trying to make a living yeah I like fitness has like a whole sales department oh yeah I mean yeah. every commercial gym does every commercial gym does and for some people that's really great and it is it's good for both trainer and client, but I don't know. I'm a little jaded, I guess, because in the environment that I was working in, my fellow trainers on the same staff as me, theoretically on the same team, would badmouth me to clients mm-hmm. uh, to try and steal my clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which, so that is just a bad work environment overall. Yeah. It is. It was the worst ever. And stuff like, in an environment like that, someone that actually is competent, or at least willing to become competent, like I'm assuming you were. I had my master's. Exactly. You get overshadowed by salesmen, not by people that actually know what they're talking about or know what they're doing. Which, I think industries like that are garbage, in general. All of them. (sighs) Which is why I loathe personal trainers in general. Not saying they're all bad. I'm saying generally, the archetypical, archetypal personal trainer is not good three there's three reasons why a person would seek out a trainer and they're all valid mm-hmm. one is just accountability yeah that's what i needed mm-hmm. like that pain of like paying so much and mm-hmm. not seeing result is mm-hmm. what like after month three i was like okay i need to show up i can't keep burning cash like this mm-hmm. exactly accountability um if they want to learn a specific skill or, um, I mean, the most common, I would say, is probably weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, or just to, like, build their own confidence. But here's the other thing. If I had more disposable income, I would get a trainer. I would get a very specialized and highly certified trainer, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not just, like, because general LA fitness trainer. Well, yeah, I can't have anybody train me who knows less than me. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be the most frustrating thing in the world. Also, I think at that point, that's no longer a trainer, that's a coach. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Yeah. True. Okay, I would get a coach. Yeah. Um, probably, actually, I know a couple people from back in the day working in that terrible environment that have their own businesses now and some of them are genuinely actually good so i would potentially reach out to somebody already new and blah 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 anyway yeah i feel i feel rusty personally which is um something i'm trying to work on i mean i think some of those skills like programming skills you have to be in the trenches so to speak to Mm -hmm. be really good at that and at this point here my focus is more on like managing people than it is personal training and the science part Mm -hmm. so would you say like maybe like in general Mm -hmm. if someone's looking for a trainer they'd be better off looking for a 
freelancer one instead of one that's in in house. Mm. Or I think they should. You can go anywhere. You just need to ask them the hard questions. Mm-hmm. You need to see. You need to test their knowledge. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Is you have to see if they're worth their stuff. Like if you ask them questions, and granted, you need to know questions to ask. Mm-hmm. But you should ask them like, oh, what kind of certifications do you have? Like, what do you know about programming? Like, blah 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 blah. And What's your philosophy you, on progression? Yeah, and if they give you super cookie cutter answers, then one they don't know slash aren't prepared or two they don't have those answers um or yeah like i said they should be able to explain every single thing they're making you do yeah you should you could ask them for like a sample of a workout and then get them to run through all of it and say why why are you doing this 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 they should do a free session that's what i'm saying so in that in that free session you should ask them like why are we doing this Mm -hmm. for everything yeah um here we have two trainers on staff right now ashley and armand ashley primarily like her main demographic is um female beginner beginners yeah but yeah uh i think we touched on like instagram influencers with that thing you said Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like just because they have a large following and they look good doesn't mean anything like it, it means almost nothing and maybe their tactics for reducing focus rate are unsustainable. Exactly. That's the thing, too, is that they have a very rose-tinted view outlook on themselves as portrayed by social media. or. So I went to, what's this page called on Instagram? Uh, the Discover page? I, I guess think? it's the Discover page. The first thing on my Discover page is a girl doing a, a booty pose. Mm-hmm. Which, like, that... If you have to do that pose, chances are you probably don't have a great butt in the first place. It's by... It should speak for itself. Yeah, it says grow your glutes. And then it's got a little workout. Hey, at least it starts with deadlifts. Yeah, but like, oh... And not like band kickbacks. Still, but hey, random person who has no lifting experience, do deadlifts. Like that's right. It just and it just says deadlifts. It gives no cueing on form exactly. whatsoever. Which is why that kind of stuff is just it's completely uh, negligent. So um, just do deadlifts. You know how to do this. Everyone, everyone knows how to move. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, and then good mornings, which can go real wrong, and good hip hip thrusts can go real wrong. All of it, yeah. any all of those things, you're just like okay, hyperx in your back, hyperx in your back, hyperx in your back, because that's all they're gonna do. Right. They can't, they can't hit, use hip extension because they don't have glutes, which is why they're there. <laughs> yeah, so that's my Oh, look at this. Is that what you're talking about? It's like a machine. It's a glute kickback plate-loaded machine. Um, it's like that, but it has two of those. Cool. So independent for each leg. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like I would be too short for it. She's, like, barely the right height for it. On her tippy toes. Yeah. Yeah, the one he had looked like it had a platform where her feet would be. Mm. So you can, like, stand up on it first and then get situated. Mm-hmm. Also, it fit Brian and a guy that was, like, a foot shorter than him. So, Who's I'm assuming Brian? Brian Shaw. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Brian Shaw's, like, seven feet tall. Literally seven feet tall. Do you guys know who Brian Shaw is? Not you. (laughs) I met him and the listeners. No. He is a four-time world's strongest man. 
he's like a gigantic beast of a man. He's super cool. Mm-hmm. He's really he's really in tune with like his coaches and like about learning about the sport and about progression and about all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's knowledgeable for being someone that isn't certified. Like he knows a real lot. Well, you got to to get to that level. Exactly. And he is also just like a really good character person. Like he's just cool to see interact with people like on his youtube videos and stuff like that Mm -hmm. he's just like a genuinely nice person um i'm gonna read another thing you can't read super heavy partials have research support with athletes but i'm still going with less load full range of motion great positional control and technique focus all day every day and twice on tuesday do you guys know what that means what? 15 reps, 5 sets. <laughs> All day, every day, and twice on Tuesday. Yeah, that's what I No. Heard. Super heavy partials have research support with athletes, but I'm still going with less load, full range of motion, great positional control, and technique focus all day, every day, and twice on Tuesday. Yeah. He's talking about, I mean, I would assume He's it's saying, squats. Yeah, like don't yeah. half squat. Yeah. Don't half don't course flop. Yeah. Because, like, that research he's talking about, there was... It did show that there was there was a crossover between, like, your quarter squat or your half squat and sports performance mm-hmm. in that it activated your quads more than the full range. But if you're doing full range, you're activating more muscle in general, which mm-hmm. also translates to sport performance. Mm-hmm. So... I guess, again, it kind of depends on your goals a little bit. If you want to work specifically quads, then do quarter, half squats, whatever. But overall performance, like, full range of motion is full range of motion. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Don't half squat, because you're not an athlete. (laughs) Also, athletes don't even really need anything, like, really good ones, because they're already freaks. So anything you (laughs) give to them will just make them that much better. And by freaks, I mean, like, genetically, they're the outliers. Like, there was a video of LeBron James squatting, and his squat was horrific. (laughs) But he's LeBron James, so it doesn't even matter. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look that up now. What, his squat? Yeah. It was like, he was on a turf, he had a bar just, like, freestanding, and his squat looked utterly awful. (laughs) But... Again, and it wasn't even, it was probably like a half a quarter squat. LeBron, the first thing that comes up is LeBron James gets attacked by Twitter. (laughs) But the thing is, especially with athletes at that level, like I was saying, like their genetics is what makes them such good athletes. And then their ability to play the sport. Oh my goodness. Yeah, right? His, he's extremely hyperextended through his back. He's sticking his butt out. There's a lot of lumbar movement. And the knees are caving in, and he's only going halfway down. Yeah, looks pretty bad. Oh, my goodness. But again, that's LeBron James we're talking about. Like, you can be... Oh, my gosh. It's just so hard to look at, though. You can be an incompetent lifter if you're a fantastic athlete, because you're not a lifter. You're an athlete, so... I'm not an athlete or a lifter. (laughs) (laughs) guess that wraps up the mini cow show episode five <laughs> is it five yeah yeah uh, okay
So I'm not saying that. <laughs>